Well, good morning again. It is, it is fantastic to be back. We've had an incredible month. Um, I trust you've had a, a great month as well. I, I think most of you know I took the month of July off mainly to work on my final project for my master's degree. It's not quite done yet, but it's also not quite due. I've got another week before it's due, so I'm kind of honing that and, and working through a few final revisions. If you're not good, I will read the entire thing to you someday. So just pray that that doesn't happen. It doesn't have to come to that. Uh, but I knew I'd be spending a lot of time in July sitting behind a desk, and so I decided I'd better do something a little healthy for myself, and I decided that I would start every morning with a walk. And so just about every morning, some of you have seen me, uh, we'd go out to the I'd go out to the cemetery and I would walk for at least a half hour, sometime an hour, try to get one or two miles in, maybe even more, uh, depending on the day, depending on how I was feeling. But I wanted to start off every morning by doing something healthy. I love to walk. I don't mind walking. I don't want to run. don't want to be one of those people. But I, I, do, like to, I do like to walk, so I would go out there and, and walk. I like walking alone. I like walking alone. It gives me time to think. It gives me time to kind of process things. And, and I can walk at my own pace. I can walk where I want to walk. Now, we took one day last month and we went to Holiday World because Connor loves Holiday World. Walking through Holiday World with Connor is different than me walking alone out of the cemetery. First of all, there are a few hills at Holiday World, but the other part about it is you're walking with Connor and Connor has this habit when he and I are walking together. He likes to throw his arm over my shoulder and lean on me. Now, he weighs well over 200 pounds now. You understand that, right? And, and I don't. Uh, so, that's a little bit of a problem because when I'm walking with Connor, I'm walking at his pace. I'm walking with his weight on me. And I'm also walking where Connor wants to walk, which is usually a ride that either makes you spin or it gets you splashed. That's usually the way it goes. But that's the difference, isn't it? When you walk alone, you can walk at your own pace, you can walk in your own direction. When you walk with someone else, you walk together, you go together, you go through it together. Now that's obviously not just true of physical walking, but that's also true of how we walk through life. When we go through things together, we have to be willing to adjust our walk, depending on who we're walking with, or what we're walking through. Now you hear that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, where Paul writes, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. That's the sixth time in this little letter that Paul has used the imagery of walking. He's used it six times up until now. The imagery of walking. Previously, he talked about the life that we used to live before we became Christians. And he said, you used to walk that way, but you don't walk that way any, any longer. In chapter 2, he talked about the, the good works that God has created each one of us to do. The, the, the gifts that He's given us and the way that we are to use those. And he said there in chapter 2 that God created us to do those things that we should walk in them. And here in chapter 5, already in verse 2, he told us to walk in love. In verse 8, he told us to walk as children of light. And then here in verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. It's about how we walk 
together. I hear a baby. Babies are awesome. Baby's not, little baby Nichols isn't quite ready for this yet, but you know the day's going to come not too long from now where, where Daddy Jeremiah, boy, that's a weird phrase to put in your head, isn't it? Yeah, uh, where he's going to take out a little baby and he's going to stand the baby on his feet and he's going to hold the baby's hands and he's going to walk around, right? Because everybody does this, right? You all did this with your kids where you put their, put their feet on your feet and you hold their hands and you walk. And the baby thinks, this is cool. I'm walking. I'm doing it myself. Always forgetting that you're, you're holding on. And, and I love it because they start laughing and squealing and they're having a good time because they're walking just like mommy and just like daddy. They're doing this for the very first time. Of course, you are holding their hands the entire time, but you're walking with them. You walk with that child differently than if you were walking by yourself. And you certainly walk with that child differently than if you're walking with my kid, right? Completely different world. That's what Paul's saying here. We, we need to walk together. We need each other on this walk that we're going on, this, this journey of faith. So I want to just give you three lessons today here on how we can walk together through anything. And the very first lesson that Paul has for us here, well, the first lesson is a question that we need to ask ourselves. And the question is, is one we really need. It's simply this. What is the best use of my time? What is the best use of our time? We're looking at just a small section here in Ephesians chapter 5 today. It's verses 15 through 21. If you've got those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 978. This whole section is about wisdom. And you hear that from the first verse. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. It's all about wisdom. Are we using what we've been given wisely, whether that's money, whether that's talent, whether that's our gifts, but first and foremost, are we using our time wisely? And so Paul begins again, verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. You hear that phrase in verse 16, making the best use of your time. It's an interesting phrase because literally what he says is you need to redeem the time or you need to buy back the time. It's marketplace language. It's, it's language about going shopping. He says that he's, he's talking about going shopping here. How much are you getting for the time that you have? I think about years ago, we had a family in, in this community that was going through some rough times and we had helped them a little bit and helped them a little bit more. And, and they came to us and they wanted some help with groceries. And so we had $40 to give them. And the, the, the church had, had, had agreed on $40 to help them buy some groceries. I took that $40 and I gave it to Trish. Because I know Trish knows how to stretch $40. I said, take this $40, get as many groceries as you can. Well, she took that $40 to save a lot. And she came back just loaded down with groceries from Save-A-Lot. If we've only got a certain amount of money and we have to get as much as possible out of that money, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to Save-A-Lot? Are you going to go to Aldi's? Are you going to go to Ruler? Are you going to go to County Market? Are you going to maybe pack up your car and go to Trader Joe's? I don't know where the nearest Trader Joe's is. Is that where you're going to go? Or are you going to go where you can get the most for your dollar? Well, that's exactly what Paul is saying about time here. You only have so much time just as you only have so much money, so spend your time wisely. Make 
good investments of your time. Probably nobody among us knows that better than you farmers, right? I mean, you, you farmers understand this in, in a very real way. You only have so much crop, right? You don't go out there and there's miraculously there's more crop to spend. No, you, you've only got so much crop. So what do you do? You watch the markets. You look for the best times to sell, the best prices you can get to best return. And, and this past spring, we, know, we all saw your frustrations. We felt your frustration with you as, as the rains just kept coming and coming because you only have so much time to plant, right? That urgency that you felt as well as the helplessness that you knew as, as day after day passed and, and you still weren't able to plant. That's what Paul is calling for us to recognize in our lives of faith. What are we investing our time in? Who are we investing our time in? And, and where is our time getting spent? Where can we get the most back for the time that we have? Paul's wanting us to feel the urgency as we walk in this world, do the things that we give our time to, do the, t- do the things that we give our time to tell people what our priorities are? I worry they do. <laughs> I, I really worry that people get an idea of what our priorities are by the things that we spend our, times on, our, our time on. I read this the other day. It says, life is short. Make sure you spend as much time as possible on the internet arguing with strangers. Hey, you feel that one? How many people go to bed at night laying there going, man, I'm sure glad I argued with people on Facebook today. I really think I made a difference. No, you didn't. That was a complete waste of time. He says in verse 16, the days are evil. And if we're not careful, the the evil of the days will, will take over our time and take over our priorities. July was a busy month for me. I don't know where it all went. It just, it just flew past. I was working on that paper every day, every day, and week after week, heading up to Lincoln to spend time in the library, and, and, and all that time was getting eaten up, and I would sit there and work on that paper. And just about every day, Connor would come into the office there at home, and he would grab my arm, and he would start pulling me. Did I mention he outweighs me? But he would grab me by the arm and pull me till I would get up and then he would drag me down the hallway to our bedroom because it was time to lay down and have tickle time. And I had to say to myself every day, this is a priority. This is a priority right now. That's a, this is a freebie for you right now, but, but just try this in your head every now and then. When something comes along and you don't want to do it, just say, is this person a priority right now? Sometimes that's a very telling thing to do. This is not a priority. Well, this was a priority. And so every day we had our tickle time. Every day we took time to do that because I knew that was the the best use of my time right then. Paul says in verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's important because that's what wisdom truly seeks. God's will. And that's why we don't just ask what's the best use of our time, but we also ask what's the best use of our hearts? What's the best use of our hearts? What's the best thing that we can give ourselves to? Not just our time, but our being, our energy, our attention. What is the best thing we can give our hearts to? And Paul addresses that in really in what what might be a very personal way for some of us. He says 
in verse 18. And do not get drunk on wine. Back up again. Connect verse 17 to this. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk on wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. How many times have you heard a word? (laughs) You've used a word, and you stop and realize, I don't know what that word means. Maybe that's debauchery. What, what is debauchery? I mean, have, have we debauched? Has anyone debauched? Have we been debauching lately? I, how much debauching is too much debauching? Well, let me tell you what debauchery is. Debauchery literally means waste. That is a waste. And, and so it doesn't matter whether, you've, whether you're a teetotaler, whether you're an occasional drinker, no matter where you are on that, We've all debauched from time to time. We have wasted our time. We have wasted our energy. We have wasted portions of our lives. I do need to clarify here. This is, this is not a passage that tells us we're not allowed to drink. This is not about not drinking. Some of you are very thankful right now for that. Some of you are saying, well, is it 5 o'clock yet? Because, you know, and some of you aren't waiting. Anyway, uh, it's not about not drinking. It's about getting drunk. Paul's using getting drunk because it is one of the clearest illustrations of how to waste your life. If I could get a little personal here, I don't think it's any secret. I think many people know that, that we grew up with, a, with an alcoholic father in our family, in our, in our house. And I got to say, while, while Dad managed to provide for us, we would all tell you that there's a lot of stuff we missed out on because time was wasted and life was wasted on drinking. And I'm so thankful. I got to listen to Eric last week as, uh, as the message was recorded. I'm thankful for Eric telling you his story. And, and I'm thankful for Eric because I've gotten to tell Eric my story from time to time. I've heard some real serious drinkers justify what they do. I've heard some very serious drinkers justify what they do. And they say things like, well, I only drink on the weekends. I've never missed a day of work because I only drink on the weekends. It's never cost me a job. So instead of stealing time from your company, you're stealing time from your family. Instead of stealing time from your boss, you're stealing time from your kids. When are you going to spend time with your kids? Not Monday through Friday. You're going to spend time with your kids on the weekend. How is that better? How is that suddenly honorable? We take this passage and we put these two commands we've been given to get together. Paul says, be careful how you walk. And then he says, understand the will of God. And the message is clear. Drunkenness is not the best use of your time. And instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. And we might need to talk about that a little bit too. Might need to unpack that phrase because, and, and maybe dis- demystify that phrase, be filled with the Spirit, because it's been used for a lot of things, and it's been co-opted by a number of different people. I've heard people talk about being filled with the Spirit, and they speak of everything from speaking in tongues to being slain in the Spirit to, to having these tremors and, and convulsions. But you notice none of that stuff is found here in this text. Instead, what do we read? He says there in verse, verse 18, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another. And I think a better way to read that is be filled with the Spirit by addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
be filled with the Spirit by addressing one another, by the way that you speak to one another and care for one another and show your love and concern and encouragement for one another. You might have known this, but in the ancient Roman world, and and Ephesus was a major religious center in the ancient Roman world, but in the ancient Roman world, one of the ways that you worshipped, one of the ways you got closer to the gods, was you'd get drunk. You'd get drunk, you'd go into this kind of euphoria, this stupor, and, and that was your way of communing with the gods, which is why to this day we still refer to alcohol as spirits. Yeah, that's where that comes from. We call alcohol spirits because that's how people got closer to their God. And what Paul is saying is, that's a waste. That is a debauchery. There is no way you're going to get closer to Jesus. There's no way you're going to get closer to Almighty God by getting drunk. The only way you're going to get closer to His Spirit and have any experience with His Spirit is when you're closer to each other. When you're speaking to one another in in, in psalms and hymns, when you're encouraging one another, when you're blessing one another, whether it's it's little kids at VBS, whether it's somebody that you share with at church, whether it's someone in your your church family that you're spending time with, the only way you're going to get closer to the Holy Spirit is when you're spending time getting closer to each other. You want to know the Spirit, then, then bless each other, then encourage each other. What he's saying is the best... The best gift that we can give each other is ourselves. The best gift we can give each other is ourselves. So let's, let's put this all together. Be careful how you walk. Making the, the best use of your time. Understanding what the will of the Lord is and seeking His Spirit with each other. The call here is to see that the wisest thing that we can do with our lives, with the time that we've been given, the wisest thing we can do is to be present with each other. To walk together. To encourage each other and to care for each other. The best gift that we can give to each other is ourselves. And so Paul ends with verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is a point that we miss way too often. Because we get this idea that we can do this life on our own. We don't need anybody's help. I don't need anybody else to help me be a Christian. I, I can do this my, on my own. I don't need anyone else <clears throat> to help me be faithful. I can do this on my own. But that is never the point in Scripture. Every one of these commands that we've seen in Paul's letters in, in Ephesians here, It's about us together. It's never about the individual. It's always about the church. It's always about the body. It's always about how we relate to one another. Every one of these commands is pointed at us as a group. It's always about God's family together, caring for each other, using our time for each other, using our energy for each other. What we do for each other is not a waste. In fact, it should be a priority. This is so hard for some people to get. This is so hard for some people to get. They they come to church. They sit in their pew and they face forward. <laughs> they, get their, they get their cracker. They get their juice. They give their money. They get their sermon. They get a little bit of Jesus and they say, I got it done. Now I can go home, do whatever I want, and, and I can come back and get, get the same thing again next week. That, that's never the point. Uh, who are you walking with? What are you walking with that person through? Uh, that's, that's, that's what this is about. I'll tell you who the worst of it is. Let me tell you who the very worst people about this are is. The worst is, is pastors. 
absolute worst is, is pastors. Because we think we're invincible. We think we're untouchable. And God forbid we have a fault or, or God forbid we, we have a wound. We don't want you to see that because you'll think less of us. And we don't want to share that with other pastors because, oh, they might want my job. <laughs> they might use that against me. We're afraid that you won't like us if you, if you see our wounds. I bring this up because big news, the big news in the last couple of weeks, and maybe you heard about this, was there's a pastor, a fairly well-known former pastor and, and Christian author who, who made a couple of announcements in the last couple of weeks. The first announcement he made two weeks ago was that he and his wife were divorcing, which was quite a surprise because he's kind of made his, he's made his notoriety on books about relationships, and he and his wife are divorcing. And then you may have heard last week he came out and he announced on Instagram, this is what he wrote on Instagram, by all measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. I have to admit, I have no idea what that guy's going through. But if I had to guess, I would say whatever it is that he's going through, he's going through it alone. He's gone through it alone. He wasn't walking through it with anyone. Not in any way that would line up with Paul's final call here, submit to one another. Pastors don't like to do that. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. To let someone else care for you. To let someone else not only know your hurts, but to hurt with you. To let someone else encourage you and heal you. To spend your time with those who will walk with you, not waste your time being foolish. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let me ask you this. Who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? You know, we've got some young families around here. We just, we've got some young families. And if you know anything about young families, they struggle. Sometimes young families struggle financially. Sometimes young families struggle with relationships. Sometimes they struggle with how to raise those kids. And many of you have, have been through all of that. If we have a young family in need, are, are you willing to walk with them through those kind of struggles? You may have noticed we've got some people getting older around here. I don't know if you've noticed. It's not me, but there are others who are getting a little older. We've got some people approaching some difficult days, approaching some difficult decisions about health care, about how to take care of themselves, about how to take care of their family, how to take care of those final things. Some of you have been through that. Some of you have been through that with your parents. Some of, those, some of you have been through that with your, with your spouse. Some of you have been through that with your family. Some of you have just been through that for yourselves because you've taken care of those decisions. But could you walk with them? Could you walk with those who are going through that? We've got people around here dealing with illnesses. Illnesses that have knocked them off their feet and in too many cases have the potential of knocking them off their faith. Illnesses like cancer. Illnesses like Alzheimer's. Illnesses like... Parkinson's illnesses and we, we say those words and it they just suck every bit of strength out of us just to say them just to just to speak them can you walk with them and I also need to ask this who will you allow to walk with you 
who will you allow to walk with you? Because you're not as strong as you pretend to be. None of us are. And it is dangerous to go alone. It's important to walk with others. Who do you need to come alongside you? Maybe even kind of like Connor. Someone who's going to put their weight on you and anchor you down a little bit. Maybe slow you down just a little bit and say, we're going to walk through this together. Because you see, that's what we're all here for. Let's walk together. Would you stand with me while we pray? Father, I'm, I'm thankful. So thankful for the people You place in our lives to, to walk with us through the difficult moments and, and the joyful moments. And I am so thankful for a church of believers who are committed not only to You, but to each other. Right now, we, we pray for the courage that each one of us needs to, to say at times, I am not strong enough to walk this walk alone and I need You to walk with me. And Father, beyond that, we pray for the courage that each one of us needs to say, I'm here and I'm walking through this with You. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, we'll get through this together. And Lord, when the temptations come to, to waste our time, to waste our days, to waste our hearts, remind us that the best use of the time that we've been given is to walk with each other. And in being there for someone else, we have the ability to bring Your presence, to, to bring Your Spirit in new ways, in ways that lead them through the darkness and into, into the thankfulness that we find in You. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.